Howdy. Howdy. I'm Brooke Collins. And I'm Sienna Knanik. And this is... Nobody Wants to Listen to Your Podcast. The podcast where we take your favorite romance novels seriously. But not too seriously. Okay. Hello, everyone. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. We have some exciting news. Hopefully, you're already picking up on it um we finally both <laughs> why i was like what's our exciting news <laughs> we have a lot of exciting things to say today but number one is that we both finally have wire headphones and therefore the sound quality is hopefully up to your standards because um, mm-hmm. we were catching a lot of hate for that the people were catching on to our our shared use of the wired headphone. We just wanted to balance it out. We didn't want anyone to feel too isolated, you know? I, yeah, like, for example, week one, I had the headphones. I didn't want Brooke to think – I didn't want people to think that I hate Brooke. <laughs> so week two, she took the sacrifice, and she sounded like shit. And we're getting a phone call into, into Nance. So I'm in a different location. The studio has hit the road today. um i am at my lovely nan's house she is a fan of the pod a friend of the pod nan of the pod oh nan of the pod nan of the pod um so we're on location we're doing a live show she is here a live Um, show in the stoop and also one more thing about my headphones unfortunately i will be snacking (laughs) so if you hate loud chewing turn this off if you love asmr this might be for you (laughs) please please we're actually taking a different route today instead of books sienna's actually just gonna really loudly eat some figs do you want me to tell you what i'm eating and like i know like people are really into that i'm eating sourdough so it's gonna be very crunchy such a sienna snack (laughs) ricotta cheese and figs so you will be hearing a lot of different textures in my mouth um Sienna always oh. eats like she's a lord in like the 15th century. That's like <laughs> all of her snacks. It's like she's in a palace. <laughs> I'm like, bring me the pheasant with the figs. I'm like, literally in what world would I be like, I want a cute little snack. And I get the figs out. Like she lives life to the fullest. <laughs> but I've always been like that. I was, I was, okay. Part of mine and Brooke's friendship that I think is so interesting I think people need to understand this about us is we could not have a more opposite palette. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. <laughs> Makes that um, interesting. We really, but uh, we love eating out together. I know that's like one of our top two activities. Li- literally, but I feel like we, we can find restaurants where we both can buy. Yeah, because I can go to any restaurant. I think this what there's some picky eaters that they like Google the menu beforehand and they're like, mm, I can't do it. But like, I think there's not a single restaurant I wouldn't go to and find something on the menu. And see, I'm the exact same because I feel like I think the things that I eat, I'll eat anything. And then Brooke, the things, thank God that she likes are so standard. Like you're going to get them there. Anywhere you go, you're going to get them. Your palate is like, you, you got the basics. There's gonna be bread. There's gonna there's be gonna bread. be cr- there's gonna be cream corn. It's not always creamed corn, which is kind of a travesty. If we're going to Cracker Barrel, there's gonna be creamed corn. Okay, listen to me, <laughs> fans of the pod. As I chew my bread, have you ever been to Cracker Barrel? Yeah, that's gonna be an interactive poll because I need to know if the people are cultured like this or not. Have you ever been? 
have you experienced ordering a singular potato on a plate? Collard greens. A piece of buttermilk chicken plated as just the chicken. The have you experienced the Yankee candles? <laughs> the Yankee candles. <laughs> the artifacts on the wall. Cracker Barrel kind of looks like my home in Sarnia does. Yo. Yeah. Why have I never thought about that? I know. We called the Great Wolf Lodge as a joke, but I feel like it's much more Cracker Barrel aesthetic. It is so Cracker Barrel. And you have the Queen of Candles herself in, in the house. My mom loves an antique. Oh my god, she makes candles. She loves an antique. She is queen of Cracker Barrel. She is the queen of Cracker Barrel. <laughs> I wish Nan was actually in the room right now. She walked away, but my Nan also loves Cracker Barrel. It's because she has class and she she has taste, you know? Like, fuck a Michelin star. No, Let's truly, go to Cracker, Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel deserves a Michelin star, in my opinion. We've mm. gone way off the mark as previous <laughs> two minutes into the episode. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Getting the train on track, I think you should start us off with your romantic moment. Okay, mine was reading. Okay, this is, I had to reflect. I was like, what was a romantic moment of my week? Because I feel like there weren't many. This week was a bit rough. <laughs> but I think, and, and I think this, my romantic moment is going to emphasize just how rough this week was. Okay. Um, and that's okay. Sometimes we have them. I need to actually look up the name of this. Just put a pin in it. Why don't you tell me yours as I'm looking this up? Okay. So y- curious you go. what you could be Googling, but I will, uh, I'll start. <laughs> I'm starting to get a bit, I think I overthink the romantic part. So once again, this is just, this is just a fun moment in the week of, mm-hmm. in the week of the life of Brooke Collins. Okay. Um, I've had a cray week because as we know, I am moving on Saturday can we discuss that? I feel like people we haven't actually explained <laughs> just, what's happening. I feel like we haven't told them what's happening at all, which is, I mean, most, we haven't told our audience as if our, our audience, audience. isn't just people we literally know in real life. But <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh, it's such a big surprise. It's so mysterious. Why is this podcaster moving? <laughs> they know us. Um, but yeah, I am moving to Scotland on Saturday. Every time I say that, I think people think I'm joking. I went to the hair salon and I said that yesterday. She started laughing and didn't bring it up again. And I was like, oh, she thought I was like, she fully thought I was lying to her. Um, <laughs> like, so why just, would you like, lie? I didn't know how to navigate that. But anyways, uh, okay. so I'm moving to Scotland on Saturday, uh, Edinburgh for grad school. And so this shall become, well, actually, when you're listening to this, I will already be in Scotland. So. <gasps> That's crazy. Wish me well. Yeah, I'm having a crazy week. I turn 22 tomorrow, which is yep. evil. The eve of Brooks bidet. The bidet. <laughs> Sounds like the thing in bathrooms. <laughs> well, you better get used to it because they do be using bidets in Europe. Uh, I don't know about all that. In Scotland? <laughs> no offense so this is all to say that I've been having a crazy week um but for some fun my parents and my brother and my brother's girlfriend who we love friend of the pod Sarah um but we went um it's this place called Alora Gorge it's like a mm-hmm. uh, see little girl she knows what Alora Gorge is I, I know Miss Alora she's cute really? Miss Alora is mega mm-hmm. cute um but we went on that like whitewater rafting thing <laughs> it's like I we won't (laughs) stop saying how much so you here it is you get a tube like literally the type of tube you would have at like someone's backyard pool party 
and you get a helmet and a life vest, like a life jacket, <laughs> and they send you down what I thought was going to be like a lazy river. <laughs> no, they no, girl. rock your shit. No, like they rock your shit. Like my brother ate it in the first two minutes, tube gone, helmet gone, like dragged under these rapids. My sister has fallen into rocks doing this. It's before. terrifying. Like it's actually aggressive. People there are like, I can't swim. I'm like, girl. <laughs> then you're going to die. Putting a no, lot of I think Miss Penny ass. Alessiak herself would could die doing that. <laughs> yeah. Is that an Olymp- like, is that an Olympic swimmer? And she's from Scarborough. Oh, oh, uh-huh. wait. yeah, I did. She's notice. the head of multi face of multi grain Cheerios. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. So, but anyway, so my romantic moment is basically I've just never laughed harder in my entire life because it just like throws you everywhere, it rocks your shit, and then like two seconds later you can't move. Um, and my family was clowning me so hard because I was just stuck in the middle of this like rapids, like just sitting there for like ten minutes on this inflatable tube. <laughs> And I actually just have not laughed that hard, like, in years. Like, I actually, like, you know, when your stomach hurts. Yes. Um, I think it also, it equalizes it. you. It does. You you feel like, humble, humbled before nature. And anyone is humbled in that. Riley, Miss, Mr. Professional Hockey Goalie, well, to is be eating fair, shit. Like, he jumped, we clowned him so, he jumped in like that shit with a water park. Like, he put his tube and Buddy. he started running. <laughs> running start i'm like you're like <laughs> you are not like gone <laughs> he started getting dragged. washed like, oh, away it's really nice having a brother like goodbye <laughs> my only child in scotland no literally uh but yeah that's my <laughs> bit unorthodox but that's my i guess my sweet romantic whatever fun fun moment what are you what tell the people what are you studying at, in scotland I am studying, so I'm starting my master's. Um, it's a fucking mouthful. What is the program called? In Master's of Intermediality, colon, mm. film literature mm. and the arts in dialogue. And the arts. And the arts. So it's pod- I'm studying, I'm getting my master's in podcasting. So you're already practicing what you preach. I am. I'm, I'm in dialogue right now. <laughs> This is this is your practicum. <laughs> this is my thesis. <laughs> okay. So evil. And and because so Brooke did her. I'll tell the people for you. You did your undergrad in well, we discussed it, cinema and English. So this is the perfect, most niche, ideal program in the whole world for Brooke, and she got in. Oh, sweet of you. Yeah. No, it is. It's like the most niche. Like, just, like, saying it out loud, I'm, like, you know, when people are, like, I go to this school and I make up my own major, and people are, like, that's fake. That's kind of how it feels for me right now. <laughs> because it's so perfect for you. It's so yeah. perfectly Brooke. Like, no one else is more equipped for this than you. Oh, that's sweet of you. Yeah, it's it's very Brooke-coded program. It is so, very Brooke-coded. So I'm off to do that. Sienna's off to, we're just off to, off to make history. <laughs> off to- Love to be academics. Love to be academics. With a and next week when you see us, we're gonna have a turtleneck on. So mm. oh, we will a trench coat, if you will. I'll be holding an umbrella inside just in case. <laughs> a long skirt and boots. <laughs> a long skirt and boots. That that Rory Gilmore look. Glasses with the threads attached, beaded. Threads. You know what I'm talking about? The- <laughs> yeah, it's gonna look like a thread. I don't know what those are called. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about, but I have no idea. My dad has them, but they're waterproof. His Mm. string is waterproof. Mm. So if he falls into a river, 
oh, that's when so he's damn. canoeing, <laughs> the string isn't ruined. But I'm like, but the glasses aren't really waterproof. Like they're waterproof, but like they might get yeah a little messed up in the in the ribs. It's rib. just and it's neon blue. <laughs> I just know he's rocking that look at school right now. Is he slay? Yeah, heating up his classroom I with that look. That high school has started. <laughs> Sometimes yes. I'm like, am I not in high school? Like, I'm not going to Yeah, are we still there? Are we still there? Can't... Only four years ago, but... Hand me out my timetable, please. No, actually. What's your romantic So, moment? yeah, I know. I feel like we need to... We need to... <laughs> this train is not the on the track today. No, We're my romantic chatting. moment is also an interesting academic-related topic. I Ooh. began reading... It is self-romance because... It, not even self-romance. I don't know what self-care this is, but it was me that's... sitting... And my, well, no, once I tell you what it was, I was reading volume one of Michelle Foucault's The History of Sexuality, published in 1970. I had to read that for class. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. It's but my, why? So I have a class starting next week. So I'm also starting my master's. Again, when this is published, I will be in my master's. Um, I'm studying contemporary Canadian art. That is my specialty at U of T. Um, and one of my courses is the history of sexuality mm. and which isn't under the art history department, but for some reason I can take it. Yeah, so <laughs> I was like, amazing. It's taught by, a, oh, it's called woman and sex and talk. It's taught by a man. <laughs> the first woman reading we are given. Sex and talk. That's just our podcast. <laughs> no, like literally but it's taught by a man in the first reading we're doing is not the summer i turn pretty <laughs> it is mr michelle foucault himself again another man the history of sexuality so i'm reading those 176 pages because it's just volume one mm-hmm. um and i was like you know what you know when you do your first reading of the school year and you're like ah my passion for academics is reignited i don't care how boring this is i love being a student you know what I mean? I got that okay. magic feeling. Oh. Like it's... my body was tingling, not wow. because of the content of the reading. It was quite disturbing. But um that magic Foucault. I was like, oh, like... the magic. Okay, Foucault. I was like, I don't Damn. know what you're saying, but I'm a student. Yeah. No, I do it like honestly, 90% of getting through any degree, I think, is just like kind of gaslighting yourself into being mm-hmm. like, this is the most romantic activity mm-hmm. I'm studying. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous out. I'm so smart. It's why you and I are continuing in academia. We have no other. We have no other. So when we become profs, what are we going to wear? <laughs> yeah, whenever we talk about like that as a job, we're like, oh, and then we can like go villa in Italy together. Yeah, we, can, we can own a villa in France. We don't like, talk about the work. <laughs> and we're like, anyway, yeah. When my when my papers are published and I make money. <laughs> And my name is in a book. <laughs> yeah, gosh. We're, okay, speaking we're of books. Speaking, speaking of, of books, books, what is this podcast about? <laughs> oh my gosh. We're back oh, with a God. banger. Another um big banger. Big banger. Summer, summer novel. Meet me at the lake by Carly Fortune. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'll meet you there, babes. And I'll I meet will you. Meet babes, you will I ever meet you there? It came out. Mm-hmm. I bought this the week it came out and I read her mm-hmm. the week it came out. We'll get into this, but like Carly Fortune, get out of my brain. Cause why do I have so many similarities to this novel? It's actually kind of freaking me out. 
I know. I feel like you need to take the lead. Should describe the, the plot lead? and describe your life. Okay, so and how this is the same. <laughs> the plot, well, obviously there's differences, but I just like bare bones. I'm like, girl. But so mm-hmm. we have Fern, quirky name, makes sense. Um, makes sense. She grows up in Muskoka, like working, working. <laughs> she grows up working. <laughs> she grows up. She's at a child. Family. She's a child at work. Um, but her mom owns a resort in Muskoka, which we have no international listeners, but we might one day. So Muskoka <laughs> is a very um, granola. How would we describe Muskoka? It's the BC of Ontario. It's where it's the it's the richest. It's where the rich go water tubing. <laughs> yeah, and that's all you need to know. Like, um, who, there's lots of celebrities with cottages. Literally, in um, Muskoka. Who's that big soccer guy that ever David Beckham was there last week and it was big news? Yeah. Was like, oh, yes, man. he was. With the Beavers, right? With the Beebs, yeah. Was he there? Was it no, maybe the Beep. Was the Beebs there? They're always there. They're always so they're always there. Um all the Leafs players. Like it's just it is Lisa Renna. Yeah. Lisa Renna and her modern supermodel daughter supermodel daughters. They grew up there. The supermodel yes. summering there. Summering. Um, yeah, it's the kind of place you summer. But anyway, uh-huh. so so Fern it's grew the up Hamptons there. of Canada. It's, it's the, the Hamptons, Hamptons of Canada. Of Canada. That's oh. exactly and it. We nailed but it. But a little more granola, more granola. A little bit more granola, but same vibe, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so Fern moves from there to Toronto to go to U of T. Yeah. It's not sad, but she's a Rotman short. But she's definitely a Rotman baddie, especially because we we literally know that Will is later a Rotman baddie. Yes. Which is crazy. But anyway, mm-hmm. so she goes to U of T, uh, which we both went to, in case we haven't mentioned it, 500 Burn times. bleeds blue. <laughs> Burn bleeds blue. Um, mm-hmm. And then she's a barista while at U of T. Uh, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> ding, uh, ding, ding. Double whammy for both of us. <laughs> double whammy. And then guess who, guess where, so guess where I read this novel, everyone? Guess, you know, I'm guessing. Huntsville, where Whitney lives in the novel. I drove in Huntsville on my day off working at a Muskoka resort mm-hmm. to pick up a book as a little mm-hmm. treat. Mm-hmm. And while reading this novel, I was like, get out of my head, Carly Fortune. This is my resort. This is my resort. Um, and then you quit. And then I quit. <laughs> you read the book, you said quit. book closed and chapter of my life closed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. So that's that's the end of my scary similarities, pretty much. It's it is very scary. All we need is for Brooke to have met a man in U of T who she plans to meet up with a year later. Unfortunately, that didn't happen for Bro- uh, Brooke and it didn't happen for Fern because Will never showed up. <laughs> Will never showed. I don't even know where to start with this novel because there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. But um, basically, like Brooke, okay, so the the book. Brooke, I'm the main character. Brooke Collins, <laughs> Burn, Brooke Banks. <laughs> wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> wait this a is getting creepy. I literally didn't even clock that either. Get out of my head, Carly Fortune. Burn. It take the book takes place in present day and then ten years ago. And ten years ago, when Fern had just graduated from U of T, she's working at this coffee shop and she meets the muralist who is a man named Will, who has an art degree from Emily Carr, stunning oh, university. Stunning. Out on the West Coast, he's painting a mural. They decide to spend the day together. They go to places like Graffiti Alley. They go to Kensington Market. They go to sneaky motherfucking D's. Hey, Gio. Look. 
They go to the AGO. She cries in the AGO. I'm like, been there, done that with a boy. Um, he's like staring at her in the AGO. I'm like, can picture it. It was my life. Um, <laughs> the sneaky D's hookup while in the emo band plays. Not hookup, sorry. Okay, like, and Will is grunge. Will is alternative. He's oh, artsy. Yeah. He's like, I don't want money. I want to be an artist. I'm like, me. And then 10 years later, unfortunately, um, Fern's mom has passed away. She needs to go back to the resort after living in Toronto for 10 years. When she gets to the resort, who should stumble in to help save the resort from their failing financial worries? But Mr. Will Baxter himself in a suit. Ooh. Not in his rotten own Rotten boy, rotten boy. He is in a suit and the and Fern, I keep saying want to say Brooke. Fern is brought back to 10 years ago when they had spent this one magical day together where they explored the city and they decided to create a one-year plan, everything they wanted to accomplish in a year, and they were going to meet up on the dock at Fern's Resort and just one year from that day and discuss everything. She goes down to the lake on one-year anniversary. Who should not show? Well, she spends the next 10 years thinking about the one who got away heartbroken first massive heartbreak and years later he comes stumbling on into the same resort to give her a hand beautiful summary sienna i feel it really captures the essence of that novel thank you um and so and so well (laughs) okay well will perhaps might be like my favorite love interest in a romance novel in a minute what, I don't know where we want to start. I think maybe the meet cute is an interesting... Okay, something I really want to talk about, but I feel like maybe this is good to talk about later, is that a lot of the novel relies on subtle cheating. <laughs> yes, and if you have read Carly Fortune's other novel, which I have not, but I know what it's about, mm-hmm. not so subtle cheating. I know. So, Miss Fortune, let me ask you myself. Are you a cheater? <laughs> That's my favorite Goodreads review. It's like, damn, this girl's just cheating. <laughs> yeah. So when they meet on their meet cute day, they are both in relationships. Yeah. Will's like a six month relationship. Not that I'm like six months, <laughs> but it's not months. as serious as Burns, who's been in a three or four year relationship yeah. with Jamie. Mm-hmm. And what do you want to say about that? Well, it's tough <laughs> because, okay. My whole, I've read the book twice now. I read it first, like mm. I said, a couple months ago, and then I hit a reread last night. Um, mm. <laughs> I do think that originally I really liked the 10 years ago part, but I didn't like the current, like the modern day part. But now wow. when I reread it, I think just because like delusional, like, oh, I want to meet a man and walk around Toronto. But yeah, yeah. In your coffee shop. Yeah. Yeah. After a reread, I am like, it's tough for me because the 10 years ago part, I can't get over the cheating. Like I just, from the get go, it doesn't seem like, I don't know. There's a couple lines where I'm like, Fern, you just seem like you would really be okay to cheat on your man of four years. Like, especially uh I don't know just like right off the get-go she's just like oh how dare he have a girlfriend and I'm not even gonna tell him I have a boyfriend and she's like I would dance with a man at a club but I draw the line of just letting someone buy me a drink and I'm like girl you're yeah so I think one of the key things and I think this is really relevant to the I see a lot of these conversations happening on TikTok 
every couple defines cheating in their own way. And I think everyone has Mm -hmm. the right to define what cheating is as long as you're conscious of the other person. Like, for example, I, if you and I were in a relationship, Brooke, I might say that you're totally okay to be on Tinder as long as you don't hook up with people. But if you're very, you don't even want me like looking at a dating site, even on my friends' phones or whatever, you have to, like, I have to respect that that's a difference between us. So Mm -hmm. I think that everyone has the right to define what cheating is within their own relationships, as long as you're conscious of the other person. Mm -hmm. But a massive thing, and I think this is a really great area for a lot of people, especially who are in long-term relationships. And I think given the age of Fern and the period she's at in her life, given that she's just graduated, but she's at a very transitional period. Um, And we'll get into that, how she's basically deciding between staying in Toronto or living in Muskoka. But part of it is she decides very early on to leave out the fact that she has a boyfriend, Mm -hmm. even when Will reveals to her that that he has a girlfriend. Yeah. So it's not a lie, but is, live omission. it is withholding the truth yeah <laughs> she's withholding the truth <laughs> yeah and it's funny because he does have a girlfriend but then when he finds out about jamie at sneaky mm. which by the way it had to be dragged out of her loki mm-hmm. other guys mm-hmm. like please let me take you on a date she's like no no and then then she's like i have a boyfriend and everyone's like okay i'll well, no, you don't she's like no actually i do mm-hmm. he seems so pissed off even though he also has a girlfriend well you remember later on in the present day, he tells her, I was about to text my girlfriend and break up with her. Like, like, what the hell was that? That's that's an issue because I think in real life, I'd be like, you're evil. But because it's a novel, I'm like, oh, to be wanted that badly. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Modern day romance. Modern Breaking day up romance. with his girlfriend in a text because he, found, he found a hotter girl in the city. Why Fred? I'm sorry, that's too quirky for me, Fred. <laughs> she like is the president of Emily Carr's like. I feel like I'd be her friend. Though. Cartoon. Yeah, you and I would roll with Fred, and you and I would be sitting there with Fred and be like, "Can you fucking believe this trash bag of a man?" Well, <laughs> he would be. She'd be reading the text out loud dramatically to us, and we'd be like, "So what are you gonna say?" <laughs> <laughs> so but I bet he would be knowing how he breaks up with Fern later on in the book. I'm like, it would be the most. I never loved you anyway type of thing. I never loved you anyway. No, it actually would. But it sets up a very interesting dynamic, therefore, with Will and Fern. First of all, how their whole relationship starts on fantasy and a lie, Mm -hmm. which is very interesting because, you know, that is something that Will uses against her very later on in the book when they have their final massive fight. Yeah. He does say to her, you and I need to stop living in a fantasy. Mm -hmm. I mean- they fantasize about where their life is going to be in 10 years, in one year. And then they also fantasize about being able to spend this day together without mm-hmm. the pressures of being in relationships. So this is a very interesting early dynamic to establish, I think, between the two mm-hmm. of them. Um, I do yeah, and like also- that. Like it is kind of like wrong person or right person, wrong time. Like I think, yeah. I think they're real for that because it's like if they had met up a year later, like, you feel frustrated that Will, well, didn't show up, quote unquote, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. like didn't actually talk to her. But mm. at the same time, like you do get it. I don't know. Will frustrates me as a character because I do think he is very self-sacrificing. He's a bit of a Conrad, if you will. 
Yes. I feel like a lot of the time it is a self-sacrificing thing where it's like, well, I'm not good enough to be with you and I'm not going to let you make that decision. I'm going to make that decision. That's exactly what it is. That's what we were just talking about with the summer I turned pretty. And I think that is what happens at the end here with Will. And honestly, uh, we're going to talk about the end, but Will does frustrate me in this novel because I I do love him. I think he's a fantastic Mm -hmm. character. And like, I really Mm -hmm. do think that you know, in terms of a romance novel, like you want them to be together. And I think yes. he's a good love interest because he he is quirky mm-hmm. and like you are kind of like, I don't know, he's hot, you know? Mm-hmm. He's like seven feet tall. I know. He's such a, <laughs> and he's an such artist. a Wattpad fucking like built by woman. <laughs> yeah, like was the quirky starving artist who like has to take care of his family. So like gets an MBA and is like the top finance bro at his like but he doesn't like it anyway but he's good at his job like okay women (laughs) yeah i need to prioritize my sister and her baby over anything else in my life and therefore suffer because it because of it and yeah so what (laughs) yeah so what there's like i think that's even which i think is very interesting when we finally meet annabelle towards the end annabelle being will's younger sister who he does give up his art career to Mm -hmm. basically take in and financially support her and her daughter because Annabelle finds out she's pregnant basically the day that Will and Fern meet and um she even says to Fern she comes and they have this like kind of girl-to-girl talk without even knowing each other like Mm -hmm. my brother is good at a lot of things but like he's not gonna make like he's not good at making these decisions for himself he thinks he's being helpful Mm -hmm. by shutting you out and prioritizing Sophia and me but he's not In fact, he's just harming himself, which means he's not helpful to anyone. And I think that that is the moment that, back to what I was saying before, is quite relevant to a lot of the experiences I think women have with men. That sometimes Mm -hmm. it's like, no, you don't, we can still be together. If, like, you don't have to sacrifice yourself and your happiness just because you think I'll be unhappy to be with you. You're going to be unhappy maybe regardless, but that's not for you to make that decision for me. Yeah, 100%. Like, just this refusal to, like, get support and, like, let mm. other, like, let something happen even if you don't feel like you can be the perfect man. Like, I almost wonder if it is this, like, I don't know, this, like, trying to be a good guy. Because when you see Annabelle, you realize, like, I thought Annabelle was way different than I expected mm-hmm. her to be at the end of the yes. novel. And I think that's on purpose. Because yes. you expect her to be a bit more, like, I mean, this is maybe a bad word choice considering, like, I don't know, the implications of a single mother, but she seems, like, helpless in Will's eyes, you know? Like, yes, you really need Lakey Will and she and can't helpless. do anything by herself. And then when you see her at the end, you're like, you know what, Will? Like, I think you obviously should be in her life and it's amazing that you've supported her, but it doesn't seem like she couldn't do this without you. And I think he's under this delusion that she couldn't. No, and I think that that is, you realize in a way that he's actually a very... He has some, he's quite disturbed. <laughs> in the world of Valley. Every man on this podcast is disturbed. No, because I hate that you're absolutely right. Like now that I'm thinking about it, it is one of the massive issues that Fern has with present day Will is that he's distant quite literally because he'll remove himself from being in the presence of Fern to take these phone calls with Annabelle. Mm-hmm. And it, we're led to believe that he's having this massive falling out and this family issue with her. Mm-hmm. What is the family issue? 
She wants to move out of their house and be self-sufficient for her and her daughter. And he doesn't want her to. Yeah. And that's why they're beefing. And it's yeah. calls from real estate agents, et cetera. And he's very angry and upset about that. I can totally respect how that's like a triggering um, concept for him because in reality, he will have to face that. Okay. For the last 10 years, I've given up everything I have, everything I dreamed for my sister and my niece. And now without them, I actually will have the opportunity to focus on myself, but maybe he doesn't know who he is without this. So I totally can see how that's like massively triggering. Mm -hmm. And, but I think at the same time, like it again is him deciding how Annabelle, how women fit into his life and how his flaws will negatively affect them without them letting them decide for themselves. Mm -hmm. It's like, he is an anxious king. So I do get how like things Mm -hmm. like that, like having to really face like this thing that he felt he had to do, but maybe derailed his entire life, like Mm -hmm. would cause a lot of anxiety. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting because he does, I mean, this isn't like some big grand relevation, but like he does the same thing with the whole doc, like not wanting to face himself and therefore letting Fern mm-hmm. down. He does that one year later and 10 years later. Like he does the exact same no show because not because he doesn't want to be with Fern, but because Fern really like sees him for who he is, I'd say. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. sounds. And, you know, letting her like take a good look at him means that he has to take a good look at himself and he's just yep. not to do that. Yeah. And I think, of course, this is all very interesting that his sister wants to move out of his house at the same time as he's reigniting his relationship with Fern, because Mm -hmm. Fern is, like you said, almost like a mirror to his true self. And so he's being forced to come to terms with his his love for art that still exists and and his passion for creativity and how much he really does hate his job and things like that. At the same time as his sister and niece, the very people who he gave up all his passions for wanting to take a step back and are not needed. They're not needing him in the same way as they did 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting. And I think, yeah, like the the role of mental health and I think mental health for men is very interesting in this book because you get a lot of the female dialogue and the connections and ability to open up between Mm -hmm. women I mean you get that between obviously Fern and her mom Fern and her best friend Whitney but then you have Annabelle who shows up on Fern's door and within two minutes they're able to tell each other so many personal feelings and emotions and and ideas and truths about their lives meanwhile Fern has just spent two months with Will and he hasn't even told her any of that And you don't see Will being able to open up to any men in the story. Zoom just called us poor. (laughs) I think Brooke has finally been kicked off the U of T service. Yeah. I'm I'm talking. I'm talking to the podcast. Man wants to know the tea. (laughs) Man wants to know the tea. Well, we'll explain. I think Brooke has been on the U of T services. She's been able to use U of T Zoom, which is unlimited hours on Zoom. And now when she logged in today, they said, you only get 40 minutes. <laughs> oh, they didn't like cut my email. That's going to be. Nan says you're an honorable graduate. 
Oh, thank you, Queen. I know. I think an alumni should get free Zoom minutes. But that's uh, just I agree. The least they could do. <laughs> the least they could do after my pain and suffering, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> we were just, so we were on a break, but now we're back. We were on a break, but now we're back. Um, much like Fern and Will. Much like Fern and Will. Where were uh, we, Brooke? Um, we talked a bit about men's mental health. I don't know if mm-hmm. you want to you wanna keep that train of going. I have some cues for you also. Cues? Hit me with a cue. Um, something I saw, I, I didn't see that much online about this book. Like, I don't know if the girlies are reading it or not, but yeah, the girlies and we're reading it. Um, yeah. But the Goodreads uh, reviews, so many of them did not believe that you could like have that much of an impact like yeah. after hanging out with one day. That's a lie. <laughs> I I agree. I agree so hard. And I was like, am I actual just like such a hopeless romantic? I, I don't know if I believe in love at first sight but I think a day is more than enough to be like head over heels in love girl two seconds at an, at an acapella event I know I just I, I think and you know what I think it it follows in the footsteps of some of my my favorite romances you know before sunset it does give that vibe for me I've never read that one I have never uh, read that one it's it's a film Oh, I've it never seen that one. It might be a book too, actually. It's so it's a trilogy you really need to watch, but it's just a wait, sorry. Few... Oh, it's like the after midnight, before that. Yes. And yes. So it reminds me of this so much because it's the same where it's a meet cute. They spend one gorgeous, amazing day together, and then they're mm-hmm. like, let's meet up in a year at this train station. And I think neither right. of them do. So drama. Really? Yeah. So, no, I think that, and you know what? Now I'm thinking, okay, I'm thinking about that. Okay, I'm doing a lot of reflecting. Okay, okay, okay. What I'm thinking is maybe the connection is totally possible after a day, Mm -hmm. but I think, I don't know if it's enough to build, you can't just build a solid relationship and foundation off of just a day. I think that's the reality. And I think we see Mm -hmm. that here in this book, even that Will doesn't show up in a year. Like they don't. Because the truth is, as much as he felt so connected and in love with Fern after one day and she felt the same for him, mm-hmm. because he doesn't have a greater understanding of who she really is as a person, he felt like she would judge him for the man that he became after that one awful year of his life. You Ooh, know what I mean? Interesting. Yeah. And I think I that's think probably it- the same in, I don't know what happens in Before Sunset, but I think it's kind of the same thing if they don't show up because they don't yeah. really know what they're getting themselves into. Well, and you can't be disappointed if you don't show up, you know? Exactly. And I think what I like about this whole 10-year thing, and I think a lot of people had that opinion too, not just that one day wasn't enough, but like how could you still be thinking about it after 10 years? And what I think I love about this novel is if it were like a week together, they probably maybe wouldn't be thinking about Mm. it after 10 years because what I think this novel gets to the heart of and I think that we relate to this but I think so many people relate to this is that you build up a person Mm. as for like for what they could be in your life and the kind of relationship you could have rather than the kind of person they are and the kind of relationship you do have you know and you just get to create like you get to pretend that there's someone they're not if you don't actually know them I think you're exactly right and I think that that's, I mean, Will, you have the the moment where she asks, okay, can you, what, why are you laughing? So I don't know why that was funny to me. I think you're exactly right. Silence. 
and the podcast. That's my thesis. <laughs> no, because I think that you have that moment where she's like, okay, do you want to just give me your phone number? And he's like, no. No, drama. They just spent the day together. They slept in the same bed. And then he said, no, I'm not going to give you my phone number. We shouldn't follow each other on social media. Yeah. Which I think is because of Jamie, which was T too, because the way he has a whole ass justice for Fred in this novel, because the way he has a girlfriend of six months and he said, it's because of your boyfriend, not my girlfriend. Don't get it twisted. Well, I think that's because now we know with with hindsight, he was already planning on breaking up with her for Fern anyway. Like if Fern had said, if I mean, and I think that that is, I think another thing when we talk about the Jamie factor, the fact that she has a boyfriend, it completely changes the progression of that day. Mm -hmm. Because up until then, we realized now that now that he says I was going to break up with Fred, and then we I found out about Jamie. You realize that up until he realized Jamie existed he wanted to be with Fern and yeah. he was basically saying he would have committed to her. He was going to make and, his move. Poor Fred. Um, buddy, he made his move at sneaky D's. Yeah. Honestly, that was a move. That girl has a boyfriend and he said, made. dance, dance, dance. And the way he said, okay, this actually like shocked me to my core. I gasped out loud when she was like, or he was like, are you in love with Jamie? And she was like, yeah, of course. And she's like, are you in love with Fred? He's like, I thought I was, but now I know I'm not. It's like, damn, <gasps> it's cold. Oh. Okay, can we get a plot? Can we get a story about Fred? <laughs> no, like, I want this story from Fred's point of view, because she does, at the end of it all, sound like a cool bitch, and I think she deserves justice. I bet she's still an artist. I bet she lives on the on Vancouver Island. Oh, for sure. Her man came then, back from a Toronto trip and just broke her little heart. And she said, of course, little city man, you go do your thing. Go to Rotman. <laughs> do what I dare you. You and like all the you. other men. <laughs> you and all the other men. What do you think? Fern was probably the only girl in business management. <laughs> okay, sometimes I know you think she went to U of T, but I kind of think that she went to Ryerson. Sorry, TMU. Uh yeah, sorry, TMU. Sorry. <laughs> I know. Do you think am, she went to TMU? But you know what I find weird is what what weird. What I find weird is why don't they just say that? Because they do not tiptoe around Emily Carr, or Rotman, Rotman. Stuff, but then they're like afraid to say what school she went to. I'm I have no Carly explanation. Went to school in Toronto. I think she. I mean, she's lived here at some point. Like the details are incredible for. The things that they're passing, the smells they're smelling, all of that. Mm-hmm. It's funny, like, I kind of wonder what this, like, the setting feels so, like, part of me is, like, you're really going to take a girl to Sneaky D's if you have one day in Toronto? Like, who <laughs> already lives in Toronto? Like, that's kind of embarrassing for you. And the AGO. I love Sneaky D's, but I'm like, this is not an underground tour of Toronto, Will. You took her to Kensington Market. Yeah, it's it's the underground tour you you Google. Mm-hmm. and they tell you to do this underground tour. I know, but then I feel like it is kind of fun because, like, if I wasn't a Toronto girly and I was reading this, like, if this took place in another city, I'd be like, that sounds so fun, and I don't know anything about this. I just totally, I don't know why I didn't even think about this, but one of my first dates was a full Toronto city tour. Okay. Because It is the, a cute date idea. No, because the, I'll tell you this, because <laughs> I know this man is not listening to the podcast. Friends of the pod. Um, he said, you live in Scarborough. You don't know the city well enough. <laughs> <laughs> you know Sienna, you know she takes offense to that. 
And I said, is the city. Well, I haven't been to any of those, these locations before. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> you're right. But I'm 16. No, it was literally Kensington Market. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh but I do think okay bringing it back to the like can you fall in love Nan let's ask Nan Nan do you think you can fall in love with someone after one day granddad did stop oh we just love and they didn't even spend the full day together did you sleep in granddad's bed no we couldn't do things like that and yet they were still in love so all these good reads haters Nice you try. heard it here for us. Nan, nice knows. Nan knows what's up. Did you hear that? No. She goes, I didn't love him in the beginning. I didn't know what love was all about, but he told me on our first date. <laughs> Such an icon. He wasn't tall and dark. He wasn't. Not like Will Baxter. Nan said that is so horrible. Nan, you would have loved Will Baxter from Meet Me at the Lake. Because he is seven feet tall and has dark hair. He wouldn't have been like Grant. Well, he was an artist too. He wouldn't have been like Granddad. No, Granddad was more emotionally available than Will Baxter. Yeah, true. No one's like Granddad. Wow. We All right, thanks. Special guest, man. We need man like fully on an episode of the pod. We'll all read a book together, the three of us, and then <gasps> man can be on an app. Nan, what's a romance book we should read? Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades of Grey. Perfect. Put a pin in it, ladies. We're all a pin in it. I know everyone's ready. I haven't read it, but I'll read it for her. Okay, awesome. We'll read it and we'll do we'll do an app. Okay, gorgeous. You have to read all of them. Perfect. It'll be a four quarter. And and will I ever? (laughs) I want to read Grey. I want to read the one from Christian's POV. I want to know what's happening. I want to read the original Wattpad. Okay, what was the original fan fiction about? We're so like just not even talking about this book. Uh, Twilight. You're lying. Yes, I'm pretty. Yeah, I wrote an essay on Fifty Shades of Grey for my podcast class. Basically, (laughs) it was a compare. I think I talked about this, or maybe it was in the deleted episode. But it's in the the the, what do we call that? The archives. (laughs) It's in the trash can on the computer. Um. It's, I think I, yeah, I wrote an essay about comparing the futures and manifesto to Fifty Shades of Grey. So yeah. And that's on being an, acad- an academic. And that's on being an academic. Do, do Where we are we going? Like, <laughs> and I don't even feel bad about it. Honestly. What's we another cue? this podcast cue. for ourselves. Um, People what? said it feels like we're, they're hanging out with us. And we, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hanging out with us is being like, wait, sorry, what have we been talking about for the last 20 years? <laughs> I had a really good question, but I'm trying to find it in my notes. Oh, do you think, okay, this is a broader question, not really about the novel. Okay, <laughs> great, great. That's what we need right now. We've been talking about the novel it. too much. Yeah, well, I have two questions. One's very specific to the novel and one's not. Okay, um, go ahead. But do you think, and like the answer is yes, but like why maybe? Why do romance huh? novels rely so heavily on miscommunication? <laughs> like you just can't read a romance novel without them being like, oh, I heard that you hated me and so I've decided to move to Australia, but you're going to fly to Australia <laughs> like, win me back. Like, do you know what I mean? Okay, this is, an, okay, this is, okay, I'll, I'll give a personal anecdote because I think we're so obsessed with the chase and I think that the most hyped up feeling of 
romance and lust and love you're going to get in your own body comes from the chase. It's the will he won't he. And so I think that it is so imperative that that type of dynamic exists in a novel in order for us to be interested. Mm-hmm. Oh, they just finally hooked up, but now he's yeah. left in the morning or, you know, they finally went on a date, but she decides that she needs to reignite things with her ex-boyfriend or whatever it is. But because it's boring otherwise, yeah. like I don't obviously, I don't think that, for example, my relationship with Jordan would be a good romance novel. But I think it's obviously mm. the best romance I've had in my life because all the details are so it's so easy and simple and enjoyable between us that mm-hmm. no one is going to want to read that. Well, and there was like, no chase. There yeah. was no there was no he's treating me poorly and then he's treating me well. And it's the back and forth. It's just easy. Mm-hmm. And, and even works. with this novel, like, would we care if we got another 50 pages of them just being together and being happy and he's living in the city? No. And it's like, I think you're right. Like, a, almost all good romance novels end like they literally have their big kiss. Oh, we're going to be together. Done. Happily ever after. You know, we don't yeah. care about the actual relationship. No. And I think that now that we know we're reading next week, we'll do a spoiler. We're we're going to read Beach Read next week. And I think that the whole concept of writing a, a romance novel is at the center of that novel as well. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and you get that from, from the characters, the idea that because she's January Andrews is a romance writer, the criticism that she often receives is they, it's a happy ending. Every book she writes is a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's exactly that it. Criticism because... when that's everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and she, she's not we'll discuss it. next week. <laughs> we will. We'll discuss. We'll discuss. Put a pen in it. The pen is put. But I think. But I think. Yeah, because after they end up together, it's boring. Mm-hmm. No, it's true. No, I'm agreed. Because most of the romance novel you read is not them together. Even think about Happy Place. I know we don't. He sh- who should not be named. Happy place. You shall not be damned. You think about happy place, right? Like they're never actually really together for the book. It's just yeah. flashbacks. Which okay, Win Connor reminds me so much of Will Baxter. Mm, it's the same. I mean, and Conrad Fisher because it's the same. Self- and honestly, Augustus Everett talking about Some him next week. Men- I love a romance novel. I don't think, like, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But at the same time, like, some of these men are so interchangeable. It's ridiculous. Well, because they're all, it's the exact same thing. The reason they're, the woman wants more from them and they're pulling away because they think she, it's, and it's almost infantilizing because it's this idea of she wouldn't be able to handle my dark side. She wouldn't be able to handle my yeah, no, 100%. my mental health issues and I think yeah. that goes back to what we were saying before because it's like well who are you to speak for me you have no idea what I've gone through you have no idea what I would be able to handle mm-hmm. oh okay I can't handle it but at least I tried mm-hmm. you know some people just think they're way deeper than they are like <laughs> I think like a lot of people do feel that way they're like oh, nobody would understand me and it's like you're literally just me at 13 but okay you know what I mean yeah my seventh grade girlfriend cheated on me my my I'm final sorry. question about um what's the novel called Maybe. <laughs> yeah, the, what's it? our main character 
Brooke, Brooke Banks. <laughs> Brooke, Brooke Banks. The final question I have, well, this is funny now that I'm saying it because it reminds you of you. So I sound like I'm like fishing for compliments, or it reminds you of me, but I sound like I'm uh-huh. fishing for compliments. But do you uh-huh. like Fern? No, I hate her. <laughs> yeah, she's annoying. And that's but, the end of the podcast. But I think um, I like her more than other. And you know what? Let's have that conversation. Why is the main character of so many romance novels like unlikable? But I find her more likable than maybe the the. King. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say that I find the main characters unlikable. Like I know a lot of people struggle with reading a lot of romance novels because they're like, oh, the main character she's annoying. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I like, and I think you and I have even discussed that. I don't even know if I find. Harriet from Happy Place annoying. I don't know if I, I find know. January annoying and I don't find Fern. I think that's a lot of the criticism of this novel that I've been hearing from my friends. They find Fern so annoying, but I'm like, but why? What do you, okay, what do you dislike about Fern? Like when I said I hated her, I was joking because I was, you said you were comparing yourself to her. I was joking. Mm-hmm. I like her. What do you dislike about her? I, I sometimes wonder if, I think she's a lot more multidimensional than a lot of other main characters that I've read. Mm. And like, I find sometimes I, like genuinely, I wonder if it's like one of those things where I don't like her because I'm like, make a decision and why don't you know what you want to do in your life? And also, why are you like so wishy-washy on your boyfriend and whatever and then I'm like but these are all things I can see my I'm not a cheater guys listen but yeah (laughs) these are all things I could see myself struggling with and so sometimes I wonder if it is one of those things where you see yourself in a character and you find them unlikable because of that I also think that maybe we perceive them as unlikable because you're getting the inner dialogue of all of these female leads right yeah, I mean, I, I thought that was so smart of you when we talked about Belly, and it really does do a lot to shift your opinion of a novel. And I think that if someone was writing out my inner dialogue, I'd be the worst person on the earth. Oh, yeah. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. sometimes you have unlikable thoughts and thought processes and ideas, and it's unlikable that she considers breaking up with or cheating on her her boyfriend, but. I think the truth of the matter is she doesn't do it. Like, I think there's absolutely something wrong with emotional cheating, but I feel like mm-hmm. in this situation, it's almost like other than the fact that she withholds the information from Will that she's in a relationship, her thought process of considering throughout the day how her feelings for Will are growing, mm-hmm. there's nothing inherently wrong with that like unfortunately it just is reality you can't help who you are attracted to and you can't help considering breaking up with someone yeah because you are beginning to gain feelings for someone else or you find someone more compatible for you I just think if she was saying all those things out loud then that would be startling and extremely unlikable that's an actually unlikable characteristic but Mm -hmm. For her to consider it, we don't like it. But the truth is, to the rest of the world, in this world, no one else is actually seeing her considering these things. Yeah. And there's therefore, she's not wrong. Yeah. Like, the whole mental cheating thing, it's like, (laughs) queen man is in the frame. It's it's not like, I'm not to say that mental cheating is, like, completely fine and whatever, but you're right. I think a lot of the unlikability in that regard, when you're like, why are you thinking about how hot Will is? It's like... 
she's not saying that she's not telling other people that like she's literally just thinking it and she's not saying it because she knows that it would be wrong yeah no she also tries to work on her relationship with jamie after but it actually ends up i was shocked that it was jamie that broke up with her i did know that's a good plot twist they did not set it up that way. I, they made it out to seem that Fern meets Will and then she realizes she can't be with him. So she breaks up with mm-hmm. Jamie. Yeah. And she stays with Jamie. And I think yeah. that that, as much as maybe some people could say that that's unlikable because she just emotionally cheated on, on her boyfriend and, yeah, did something wrong by letting this man sleep in her bed. Obviously, nothing happened, but she let a man she was emotionally invested in sleep in her bed. She she still like tried to work on her relationship after you know what I mean it really speaks to her like quality of a character what am I saying her characteristic (laughs) her her like she refuses to make decisions um which again Mm. is relatable and she kind of not that she refuses to make decisions but she really does struggle with knowing what she wants and she doesn't often Mm -hmm. she wants which I think is why the end is so powerful that she like really just makes this decision. She says, I want Will, so I'm going to go get mm. him. So he's turned me down, you know? It is true. Like it is when you actually consider how it is one of her greatest flaws. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a theme in this book is that she literally has Will make these decisions for her, even on that day where he writes out all her, the things that she wants in her life. And mm-hmm. even the conflict with her own mother comes from the fact that she tried to make a decision for herself and that ended up not really being what she wanted in the end. But when you consider that she didn't break up with Jamie, maybe that just more speaks to her indecisiveness and almost like laziness about taking control of her own life. Yeah. However, yeah, it makes the ending a lot more powerful when you realize that. I mean, I I did like this twist because you do kind of, you almost become comfortable, and I think this happens a lot in romance novels, with just rooting for the female lead and expecting that because the man messed up, he needs to be the one that comes and apologizes. But I think what's really interesting about the end of this book is Fern also realizes that, yes, Will's messed up a lot more. She has had a part to play in that too. And regardless, she still wants him. Mm-hmm. And she can see that her flaws are something that they're not – they're not – deadly flaws she can work on them and she still sees him for him and so she's the one that goes and fights for him Mm -hmm. there's something really nice about her realizing that you know like part of loving him is realizing that they won't be together unless she makes it happen but they'll still be good together so she should make it happen you know yeah which is very much like I like that how that was a a parallel to the story between Maggie and Peter Maggie being um, Fern's mom and Peter being Maggie's best friend basically was like a, a father figure to Fern and how he speaks to her about how they never really were together because mm-hmm. he thought he was okay with that and she realizes like that's not what she wants that's yeah. great for Maggie and Peter that Peter was able to let Maggie take the lead of how to be together with him but she was like that's just not like mm-hmm. and I think that that was a really interesting a way to divert herself from from becoming more and more like her mother yeah, I did like that parallel and kind of how she realizes that it's okay to be her mother in some respects by like running yeah. the resort, but she doesn't need to follow the same like romantic guidelines or path or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Shall we, um, we, to wrap it up, we, we did get some feedback from a listener. Um, I, I'm curious, <laughs> you already told me about this, <laughs> as if we're literally famous. 
but we got some feedback from a listener that we should rate. I'm trying to remember what your queen said. She what did she say? Okay, well, this she is coming. Dingle ability. I think it's diddly diddle ability. <laughs> no. Okay, diddle ability. We all know what that is. Yeah, but I'm I'm curious how we would quantify that. We haven't <laughs> ranking books. I you mean, the summer I turned pretty is unrankable. That just holds you places if in our life. If you're diddly diddling to summer I turned pretty, you're disturbed. <laughs> so <still> like, <laughs> like sixteen. There's nothing. Well, but there's so also what nothing. Would you, what is the rank of there? Is it like how I was pleasantly surprised? I did not see the sex scenes coming in this. I didn't either. It kind of does take you out of left field. Obviously, it's when they're older. Um, Will kind of did the damn thing, but so did Fern. <laughs> so did Fern. Um, on a scale from the summer I turned pretty to. <laughs> I don't even want to say Fifty Shades of Grey. Sh- <laughs> yeah, okay, Fifty Shades of Grey. I would place it, if Summer that I Turn Pretty is a zero, Fifty Shades of Grey is 10. I'm going to give this a 7.5. Oh, I think it's low. Just because I feel what? no, because I feel low. Like, no, I, I think the scene's well written, but I think it is. Like, if you look like, at like, the canon of romance novels, like every other chapter is just that. And so, oh, you know what? I'm trying to rate it is like it's not heavy on the spice, but that's honestly how I spice. I don't like that word. I think it's a bit whatever. But it's like oof. When people say oof, I'm like disgusting. I've never liked the word oof. There's a lot of words I dislike. I I think it's like probably like a five for me. Okay, you know what? When you're putting it in that context, yes, I was thinking about how good of a scene it was but i think I, this is all i like look for but i think all that's needed is one well-written scene i don't yes. get why we need to have 20 scenes in the bathtub and like <laughs> it's not outlander babes it's not outlander babes and you know what this is about love romance yeah so they're taking yeah. the time with the plot thank you yeah um okay well if it's from yeah if we're talking about how often and how like spicy the book is then yeah it's probably about a four or five but in terms of the canon of books i've read in terms of how well written the sex scenes are i'm still going 7.5 yeah no i agree i think it it is really well written and to pick it up ladies if you want to read it i quite enjoyed it i don't even know what page i'm like trying to find the page reference for you all I don't know. That was another really interesting. So this also, like, I think one last thing, I guess, going back to what you were saying about um, can you fall in love in a day? Is that possible? I remember telling, like, I think when I've talked about past romantic experiences with some of, like, my the current people in my life who maybe didn't know me back then they'd always ask okay well did you have sex or did you even kiss or like whatever those types of questions are Mm -hmm. and I'll say no and they're like so then I don't really get it like how were you so like in love with this person or so obsessed with them so I think Mm -hmm. that that's also something to be said when you consider how Will and Fern never are intimate at all way back 10 years ago Mm -hmm. And You're I think so that right. that's something that. a lot to be said for sure. But maybe they would have then been like, okay, great. We had sex. That's it. Maybe yeah. she would have been more in love. Mm-hmm. But if it maybe... was an actual one night stand, like it might not have had the same, like, well, what if? And we almost did, but we didn't. And we can. Exactly. 
Exactly. So I kind of, I think some people are probably looking back on that day and thinking they didn't even kiss. Like, how could she have been in love with him? But I think exactly. They didn't even kiss. That's part of the yearning. I fuck with the yearning. It's the yearning, bro. It's the will they, won't they. And they they don't. Will Baxter they or won't Baxter (laughs) Such a father. Such a good, like, just, and I did cry in the end. Yes, yeah, Sienna. I had a server crying. It better be I'll on the post grid. it. I looked horrific, <laughs> but it will be on the grid. It'll be on the grid. I um, had worked a 10 hour shift yesterday. My acne is at an all time low. Thank you. Going off of birth control. Still, still struggling with her. And um, I had had a hair mask in my hair and decided after wearing it in a sleek back bun all day, I wasn't going to wash it out. So you're going to get all of that in that photo. So please I'm enjoy it for it. And please enjoy um zoom is once again letting you. you know i had to give context i, I promise you guys not that ugly <laughs> no you looked gorgeous in it i think running out of time we um, are poor running out of time because he's calling us poor again but do do we have songs <laughs> did we not think of that again i didn't think of any songs yeah no this is part of the pod to, i know but i think should we replace the songs with the diddle segment <laughs> tell me your song go away i know a song <gasps> okay well i because i it's it's the segment I, you did your job i did it the segment like plays songs didn't... for sienna brooke comes up with songs for sienna <laughs> like perfect add that to my playlist um I... oh i have one i just came up with one. Go. Okay, gorgeous i think it's got to be one of the two new ones on the new zach bryan um... oh that was literally <laughs> wait which one no. are you gonna say i'm so i remember I... everything me too yeah. shut up literally shut up shut up bro. The same song. isn't it so real i was also gonna it's say so spotless yeah i would say the more the mental health aspect yeah, yeah. i see yeah. that i see that but i remember mm-hmm. everything can we talk about the most beautiful line that maybe you have it's ever existed in any song ever the salt from your hair growing in the he can <laughs> so gorgeous <laughs> such a great i'm like the salt in your butt in the air oh, you know that cool. line it's so stunning it's like i can picture like his her hair is almost just like in his mouth like i know that sounds mm. disgusting but like no, she's but the like hair is the wind i see the and whole... she can he can taste the salt in her hair because they're so close everything. and yeah. he remembers With literally casey? Every... <gasps> my such god like casey musgraves that was one of the perverse things i ever talked to jordan about was it's casey musgraves winning so we have a love for her wow yeah i remember everything is it's the moment and it's like the little things that you remember mm-hmm. and how it's really interesting than having the two perspectives of casey and of zach in yeah, it yeah because they it have some things that are the same but the way that they phrase them sometimes are different yeah or they remember other details that the other one doesn't remember even though mm-hmm. they're supposed to remember everything and yeah. it's about like it reminds me of this novel so much like the, and they say that novel, i remember everything about that day. yeah like, but they don't but they don't you can't you can't and love taints your memory love taints your memory um and that that's our that's our big old take on meet me at the lake <laughs> meet me at our spot that was the other one i was gonna do i was gonna because... say that i was like Ugh. meet me at the <laughs> lake okay how do we how come we have to every podcast singing when i go to <laughs> i'm like it's so funny because we never say goodbye we're just like okay and we fade into like oblivion <laughs> but i'm gonna say a hearty goodbye today so bye goodbye <laughs> next time you talk to us we'll be master students goodbye yes and i'll be in scotland we'll be an international pod 
it will be an international pod. Sad, sad, sad. Sad, sad, sad. But have Bye. a lovely day. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Oh, Nan has something. To- Nan says you have to come live with her here. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Drop out of my bro. <laughs> I like am coming. Like I'm on my way. <laughs> Everyone has an open invite to Nan's house. Um, they- you do. No, you literally do. Um, thanks for the live audience recording, man. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Queen.